Today is Tuesday, December 13th, and we're taking things one day at a time here on the Outside the Oval podcast, the newest running experience on the internet. You can find my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube, as well as on the Instagram and Twitter pages at Outside the Oval. And then any questions you may have may be directed to my email, OutsideTheOval at gmail.com. But today I have another jam-packed episode to share with you all as I am bringing you guys not one, not two, but three interviews with three very influential names and voices in the Texas running community. To start today's show, Jonathan Chung from Texas A&M will join me to break down his experiences as a high school distance runner in the Longhorn State, as well as his past season in College Station that resulted in a trip to the NCAA Cross Country National Championship meet. After Jonathan James Allen, he'll join the show and share how he developed his passion for the sport and more specifically within the DFW area, from reigniting the growing Salina Runners to a co-running multiple other run clubs across the DFW metro area. James is one of the most prominent names in the DFW running community, and this is one conversation you will not want to miss. And then, of course, to close out today's show, we will transition into an interview with the Texas Track Dad, who can be found on Instagram and Twitter, and he will share with us his unique story as to how he became a household name in the Texas track and field community. But before we jump into today's show, Outside the Oval special Texas Takeover episode is sponsored by the Texas Independence Relay. I am incredibly excited to have the most unique relay race in the great state of Texas on board for today's episode, and I'm looking forward to sharing more about the race with you all shortly. But for now, I'll take you to my conversation with 2022 NCAA National Championship qualifier Jonathan Chung. Joining me today is Jonathan Chung from Texas A&M. This season went incredibly well for Jonathan as he qualified to his first ever NCAA championship meet, finishing sixth at the South Regional, oh, South Central Regional, excuse me. But not only is Jonathan an Aggie, but he also attended Allen High School, where he had a stellar high school career and is another perfect guest for this week's Texas Takeover. Jonathan, it is great to have you on the show today. Great to be here, Gavin. And as eager as I am to ask you about your NCAA championship experience, I'm going to restrain myself for a moment. And for the time being, let's focus on the Longhorn State itself and your high school experiences first. But first, we got to start with this. Jonathan, how did you begin running and what kind of went into that? So I started running kind of, uh, it, it honestly started off like as a joke. Um, my two of my like closest friends in middle school it was the eighth grade they told me that i should like try out for like the cross country team there and i was like okay like i'll do it i just wanted to like hang out with my friends more often and stuff so then i did it and then i ended up really liking um running so then i i guess it just carried on through high school and i'm here where i'm at today yeah, definitely has seemed to work out for you as you've had a pretty good career. And as I mentioned, you went to Allen High School and you had a great high school career there. Could you tell me a little bit about your high school career in general, perhaps a little bit more about a tra- from a training aspect and a racing perspective? Mm-hmm. So uh, my coach in high school believed in heart rate training. Um, I wasn't fully sort of uh, into it just because like, heart rate training is very, very hard to get right and get down. Um, so I kind of just did my own thing, but, uh, being a part of like Allen high school and like 
just like a culture of like sports, just growing up around it all the time. Um, it was definitely, definitely like, I think a pretty good upbringing, um, being a part of like a good team and good sport like that. Um, regarding like training and stuff, like I said, I just kind of did my own stuff. Uh, my, my coach would like give us like workout stuff, which weren't like based off of heart rate, but sort of, um, I guess I've always sort of been like a mileage person. I, I just really like getting in mileage and stuff. So, Yeah, that was clearly indicative this summer. You got a few hundred mile weeks in there. I'm not sure how many in a row you've thrown off, but that was really awesome to see. But I didn't get to run in Texas as long as you did, but I'm pretty familiar with some of the big names and events and some of the cool venues. So one thing I am eager, eager to know is whether – it is a, whether it's a certain cross country course or specific track meet. What are some of your favorite places to race in Texas while you were in high school? Uh, I'd say that my favorite place to race would probably be McNeil, the Invitational, um, just because it was like the state preview meet, and I felt like it was just such a such a large meet, and it was the atmosphere there was just insane. Um, also, like, Nike South, um, it was a bit of a different course than, like, people are normally used to running throughout the season unless you ran, like, the Nike South Invitational. Um, but it's just, like, three one-mile loops, and they're – it's, like, it's very, like, windy and stuff, so it's kind of different than all the other courses and stuff, so. Yeah, definitely. I I ran both of those races my senior year. Uh, a lot of mm -hmm. fun, I think. I believe you were in both of those. And as we mentioned multiple times already, for those of you unfamiliar with Allen High School, I believe the numbers are pretty accurate. But as of 2021, Allen was the biggest high school in Texas and really has a knack for producing some really incredible athletes like you previously mentioned. Uh, I'm sure you hear this all the time, but most notably Heisman Trophy winner uh, and first overall pick of the 2019 NFL draft, Kyler Murray. He graduated mm -hmm. from Allen High School. But yep. I do think that's not only a testament to Allen High School, but to the state of Texas as well, because it seems like Texas is a hotbed for some of the best athletes in the country. And so I'll, I'll, I'll leave this next question a little open-ended. Growing up in a state like Texas, coming through a school like Allen, maybe even putting running aside for a moment to make it simple, what was your experience like growing up in Texas and maybe specifically Allen like for you? Uh, I loved it. I actually love living in Texas. Everything's just so much bigger here compared to, I guess, like everywhere else on the East Coast. I have a lot of family, um, like in New York and stuff. And like visiting there compared to like the housing and stuff that we have here is just so much different. Um, being, being like from Allen, um, so it's a nice nice little town, nice little city. It's like, uh, they're just like, just north of Dallas, sort of like a suburban sort of place. <laughs> yeah. And moving past that, you did make the decision to stay home for school and attend Texas A&M. So what have your two and a half years in college station been like for you? Uh, they've been good. Um, I kind of wish that I, uh, I guess took summer training a little more seriously my going into freshman year and then also like my sophomore year because like right now I'm really starting to see some like breakthroughs and stuff so 
I wish that I could have changed that about uh, my beginning, my first half of my college career, but can't do anything about it. Got to just look forward, you know? Yeah. And as I mentioned before, you qualified out to Stillwater. So clearly that uh, summer training is working for you. Uh, you did get the race at the NCAA Cross Country National Championships and you qualified out of the, the South Central Regional at home in, the, in College Station on that beautiful course I got to run this yep. year. Uh, mm -hmm. So that race at Stillwater, the South Central race in College Station, and this, it, from the experiences you were afforded, could you tell me a little bit about that experience as a whole? So starting from the beginning, I guess, um, qualifying uh, for regionals, I really didn't, or qualifying for nationals through regionals, um, I really didn't think it was like in the cards for me. I don't think anyone did, um, but I was, I mean, our team this year has been like super strong. So we were hoping to pull up and pull off an upset against Texas. Um, obviously that didn't pan out but I qualified um with I think I finished sixth place and um gosh this is just running that race and just feeling the way I did during the race and like after the race with like everyone there and obviously like the home crowd and everything it was just like electric it was just insane and nationals didn't go as expected I got like a cold or something the night before. So I didn't sleep at all um, the night prior to the race. So that, that wasn't very great, but I'm hoping that next year I can improve on my performance. For sure. And if we take things off the course a little bit before I let you go, I think one thing I've noticed about you on social media is that you post a lot of music. So I'm assuming you're really into music. And instead of asking you, who your favorite artist is or you, what your favorite song is, I'll ask you this instead. And this is kind of putting you on the spot, but if you had an artist to have to, if, if I gave you a choice, Jonathan, you have to choose an artist to sing a song about your life. Who would it be and why? Ooh, dang. I don't know. Uh... Ooh, hmm. Let's see, probably like, probably like Kanye, but like, but like not, not current Kanye, cause, <laughs> cause, cause current Kanye is a little crazy. Um, uh, maybe like 20, 2010 ish Kanye, you know? Mm-hmm. Vintage Kanye for sure. Great choice. Yep. I love it. And I, I, I think I did notice or at least remember noticing that he does seem to take up a few of the posts that you have made. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not sure. But I, before I let you go, I think one of my favorite parts of Texas has got to be the food. So I moved here in 2019. One of the first things I remember my parents telling me, hey, there's going to be great food in Texas. Um, I think the fact that I'm a stone th stone's throw from a Whataburger in just 20 minutes from an In-N-Out is astonishing to me still. And there's still a million different incredible barbecue smokehouses just a few miles from my house, as well as breakfast restaurants that serve chicken fried chicken, which is my favorite breakfast meal. And that's absolutely incredible. So my question to you, my last one of the day, what are some of your favorite places to eat down here in Texas? Uh, I like 
I like a lot of Asian food. Um, so in probably in College Station, my favorite place would probably be Yummy Yummy because that's just like a it's like a Mongolian grill. And then it's also like they have sushi there, cheap sushi. Um, and then back home in like a neighboring town in Plano, there's like this there's this one place called Dumpling House and they have like the best dumplings I've ever had in my life. And they're, they're just so good. And, and sesame chicken. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not too far from Plano. I might have to go give that a try. Uh, not to put you on the spot again, but if I had to ask you, I put this question on my Strava today. I'm not sure if you noticed, but, uh, what would you rather eat? Whataburger or in and out People aren't going to like this if you're from Texas, but I think Whataburger is overrated. I think I think In and Out is like much better. So, <laughs> it's a good opinion. So yeah. I've had a friend one time when I when I was talking about Whataburger, they told me, I'll save you some time and just go to In and Out. So definitely can resonate with that. Absolutely not a bad uh, choice. But Jonathan, that's all I got. I'm glad we could do this and I really appreciate you appreciate you coming on today. Of course. I'd be here. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Outside the Ovals, Texas Takeover is proudly sponsored by the Texas Independence Relay, the premier overnight running relay in the heart of Texas. Created by the husband and wife duo, the Texas Independence Relay is the most unique racing experience in the state. The 36-leg, nearly 200-mile race takes you through beautiful Texas cities such as Gonzales, Columbus, Eagle Lake, Katy, and much more. The Texas Independence Relay is a blast, and in years past, they've had teams of runners from both Texas A&M and the University of Texas, and I've heard only great things. If you're a former college team looking for the best way to reconnect or simply looking for something to get back into shape for, the Texas Independence Relay is the best way to catch up, hang out, and run just like old times, providing everybody a classic collegiate team-like experience packed into a single weekend. The TIR is on the last weekend in March every year, finishing in Houston, which is a great time for all you Northerners that need a reprieve from the cold. For more information, be sure to check the race out at www.lonestarrelay.com slash TIR. And for the next segment of today's show, we will transition into my conversation with James Allen, who is also an alumni of the Texas Independence Relay and will share his experience with the race next. Joining me next is James Allen, and I think the story of how I met James is pretty is a pretty interesting one and really encapsulates how beautiful our running community is, and especially here in the DFW area. But James, thanks for coming on to talk with me uh, for a little bit today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's good seeing you. Absolutely. And first things first, I met James through our local run club, at which at the time really only had five, maybe six to seven runners, and it's really blossomed since and we call it the Salina Runners, and in fact, we're both wearing the new shirts that we got this year. Um, really like these, very comfortable. Glad we uh, invested in them. Uh, but whenever I'm back home, I am sure I don't miss a run. But James, could you tell me a little bit about that and how that all got started? Yeah, so uh, Robin, my wife, and I, we moved to Salina back in uh, 2018, early 2018. Um, and we like to run. We, we moved from Frisco and... Uh, so we had a couple other run groups we're a part of there uh, and living in Salina, it's, it's probably a, a 30 minute drive to our other run groups. Uh, so we're like, Hey, we run every day at just about anyway. So let's, 
you know, try to get some roots where we, where we live and maybe run here, you know, so did some Facebook research, some, some other online research and found that there was a existing uh, Facebook group called Solana Runners, but there wasn't a lot of traction for a couple of years on it. It looked like maybe a year or two. Uh, so I just posted on there like, Hey, anybody here still run? And, uh, one of the ladies, she responded and within like a week, she gave me all admin rights and stuff like that. And, uh, so between me, Robin and Scott Jansen, that's, that's how I actually met Scott first. Uh, he wanted to kind of help with the group. He was in it, um, and was trying to find people to run with at the time too. And, uh, so when we moved that we were the three people that started running more uh, frequently in the group. And then it's like you said, it's just blossomed. Uh, we've got a good core of uh, people in Salina, maybe about five to 10 people that show up on average. Um, various paces right now, it's really hard to find, you know, set paces, uh, but we do our best uh, and we're hoping that it continues to grow. So that's kind of 2018 to now it's 2022. Yeah, it's awesome. Um... But like you mentioned, this isn't the only club you're a part of in the DFW area. So could you tell me a little bit about those other clubs you're a part of and why you choose to participate in those if they're so far away? Yeah, yeah, I definitely can. And, uh, you know, very passionate about running. Um, I guess I don't want to tell you, you know, I don't want this to be a three-hour podcast, but um, started running for my after high school, basically, went to college and uh, Unfortunately, I didn't run track or anything like that in college. Uh, just, you know, did college things. Um, and then after college, I, uh, I put on some weight, uh, you know, working life, not as active. Uh, so I was probably around 200 pounds. So I gained about 20, 25 pounds. And uh, my wife and I, we started running. I think she wanted uh, me to start running. So she joined me. Um, so then uh, we started running there, doing a little bit of, you know, 5K, small things like that. Uh, we moved to Dallas, um, I think it was 2011-ish, 2010. Um, and our first run group that we joined, and never a part of a run group before, so it was very nervous, uh, you know, just meeting new people, things like that. Uh, Thursday Night Social Run, which was put on by uh, Luke's Locker, which is a well-known local run uh, store around here. But um, anyways, yeah, 20. 2012 Thursday night social run I became like a somewhat of a co-leader in there and uh, so from 2012 to now uh, Thursday night social runs our main run group uh, Craig Ranch running club I'm a, a co-leader for I lead runs on Mondays there uh, we have a pace team for local uh, half marathons around around DFW uh, we pace quite a few um, so between that and I started like what is it uh, dabbling in um, started dabbling in tri triathlons. So Thursday night social run tri unit is another group. So uh, we'll see how that goes, but Craig Ranch Running Club, Thursday night social run and Solana runners are our main groups. That's awesome. And across the DFW area, I feel like the running community is so diverse, so potent right now, especially a lot of people getting involved. And I really hope that translates to the Solana runners. And someday when I come back from college, I really hope that, oh, wow, there's too many people here. We can't fit in the parking lot of the Wooden Penguin. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but there are so many great races to run into, and I know you've done a, your fair share of them. So I'd love to know what are some of your favorite races, and could you tell us just a little bit about those? Yeah, yeah. So um, I have a couple of favorites, of course. 
I guess I'm very partial to uh, the Cowtown, which is in Fort Worth. Uh, that was my very first full marathon I ran. Um, and that was back in 2013. Uh, so if you've ever been to Fort Worth, uh, you, you, you know it's, it's slightly different from Dallas, uh, even though they refer to DFW as, as one general metroplex or one area. Uh, but Dallas and Fort Worth are totally different uh, just from environment and uh, just the people are different. But uh, so I love the Cowtown. Uh, that's normally around March, which is around my birthday. So it's kind of cool there. Um, and let's see, the Dow BMW Dallas Marathon, which is this weekend, um, is also another good local race. Uh, it's the biggest one around in, in the Dallas area. So um, as far as some small races, uh, we've got some with uh, Amped. We, we run with them. Um, I like some festive races. Uh, Jingle Bell, which is at the Hilton Anatole downtown. Uh, it's a local 5K. Uh, around Christmas time, uh, I like to dress up. Uh, we will, uh, I guess we're going as the Grinch this year, or I am, awesome. and I'm pushing my dog, Mac, and he's going to dress up as Max. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of other, there's a lot of local races, depends on what your training plan is. Uh, there's some trail races. I have, I don't do a lot of trail races, but there's some for the trail race. Um, as far as that goes. Yeah, I can, for sure. I can tell you more about them later. For sure. Yeah. And uh, from a college athlete's perspective, when I saw what goes into a road race, like the ones you participate in, the one I kind of ran alongside you, I really realized, wow, this is like a whole nother atmosphere. And I kind of fell in love with it. And definitely it's going to be something I do after my college career ends. But the preparation that goes into each road race is different from one race, maybe a marathon is different than a road 5k. So could you tell me a little bit about what goes into your pre-race routine, such as what food you eat the night before and how you prepare the week leading up? Yeah. Yeah. So probably around Thursdays, uh, I'll start, I guess, carbo loading, not so much Thursday as, and, and Friday, those two days I'll, I'll do some carbo loading. I won't drink any, try not to drink any alcohol and, you know, just try try to eat really clean and, and better. Um, I don't really get into the, the macro dieting or anything like that. Uh, I just, I'm at the, the age where I'm running for fun and, and really enjoying uh, just being around the people and, and uh, supporting everybody else around. Like, like I said, in the past, I'm a pacer. So uh, this weekend I'm pacing the 345 at BMW Dallas. So uh, I just want to keep everybody you know, going. Um, so I don't really race per se, uh, and don't really drill down on the nutrition, but, uh, just eat the carbs and try not to, to ingest that, that much bad food. Oh yeah, for sure. And so you're not one to eat a loaf of bread, maybe three days leading up to a race to carbo load in that way. <laughs> I, I love bread, but not three, not a loaf. No, sir. Mm -hmm. My uh, my high school coach would do that. We'd be at like a Saturday meet or a Friday meet, maybe one of the two, and it would be the race the next day or two days. And he'd be eating a loaf of bread. And uh, after a few years, we were just like, "Yeah, that's, that's Coach Kreps." And I, that's amazing. I never I, I never knew if it worked or not. So I was kind of curious to see if you had ever done that. But it seems to work for him because he's had some great success as well. Yeah, but yeah. being a veg vegetarian too, I, I didn't say that, but I, I don't eat meat. Uh, but yeah, so. I'll eat as many veggies as I can. And, and of course the carbs. 
Yeah, that'll definitely help. And redirecting things back to the Salina Runners real quick, you actually started somewhat of your own race, or at least you were instrumental and part of growing it. So some sort of relay in downtown Salina. Could you tell us a little bit about that and what goes into that event every year? For sure, for sure, yeah. Uh, so Katie and Taylor, they own Little Wooden Penguin. And, and uh, you know, with the run group, we, we frequent there uh, every month, at least once, once a, a month there on Wednesdays when we run. And uh, I was talking with her and I told her a little bit about a, a beer mile. Um, and that's, that's what the race is. It's uh, basically you run a quarter mile, you drink a beer, run a quarter mile, repeat four times. And first one to finish wins. Um, you know, obviously you got to be of age uh, to participate. So Taylor put a little twist on it. So she just called it a relay. And, you know, it actually was, I was surprised the first time uh, about two years ago that, that we did the event. Uh, I was surprised by the turnout. There was a lot of people there um, and everybody had fun. Um, so that is fun to do. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of uh, variations of this. I mean, there's an official one that's on the track. There's all kinds of rules and there's some professional athletes out there for the beer mile. Yeah, that's definitely one that I want to do when I am of age and definitely going to come home and uh, at least form a team maybe with the Slider Runners. That'd be a lot of fun. But that speaking of relays, you have actually participated in the race that is sponsoring today's show, the Texas Independent Relays, which is taking cool. place on March 25th and 26th this coming year for everyone at home. Could you tell them a little bit about your experience and what you liked about that event? Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I've, I've participated in it for two years. Uh, 2016 was my first year with my wife. Uh, in 2017, we did it. We, we uh, participated again. Uh, we were affiliated with the uh, TSHA, uh, Texas State Historical Association, uh, with UNT, where my wife uh, is an alumni from, and uh, they they hosted us, our team, uh, and that event was amazing. And of course, you know, because it's a historical uh, team that we're a part of, so they had designated drivers that all we had to do was run, which was really cool. Um, and if you know anything about TIR that, and you're a history buff, that, that, is, that is great because it starts in Gonzales. You run about 200 miles um, from there to Memorial Park at, around Houston, in Houston. Uh, and it's a 24-hour uh, duration. And I think ours, we had eight people on our relay team. I think you can have up to 12. Uh, but, and I averaged out through the 24 hours about 24 miles we're running so you alternate legs i think there's 36 37 legs varying miles some are three miles some are six miles i think but and you just rotate for 24 hours so it's really fun uh and i would definitely say to not only enjoy the run but pay attention to the markers around i mean it's a there's a lot of history there and that's the purpose of the race yeah jay and his wife put on an excellent event it's something i learned about about a month ago and I've done a lot of reading into it and certainly something I'd like to do someday. And it's awesome that you got to experience that as well and had a good time doing it. But you actually uh, kind of shifting gears again, you let me wear your Nike alpha flies for a run before, uh, before a race one time and before uh, just for a simple Salina runners run club and for what it's worth, I love them. They're fantastic. And I'm looking forward to wearing them in a race soon, but I know you've tried in the, 
tried a few other carbon plated shoes. So this one might make you have to think for a little bit, but if you had to rank the super shoes you've tried, how would you rank them and why would the, your favorite be number one? Yeah, that's, that's you know, <laughs> I think technology is, is changing by the, by the month and, and uh, you know, the February, they're supposed to be rolling out some more new shoes. I think they, in Austin, they just had another, uh, uh, shoe, um, conference. Uh, a buddy of mine went there and he was sending some pictures of some upcoming shoes. And, uh, me personally, I, I get a, a lot of good performance out of the alpha fly. I really like them. Uh, vapor flies, which are also Nike. I like those, um, between the, the marathon and the full, I, I alternate, but, uh, definitely for the marathon, I like the vapor flies. Uh, New Balance has some some good shoes. Uh, they have the SCs, but I don't think they're legal. Uh, with their drop is a little or uh, offset is more, so it's like thirty. Um, so, but anyways, it's a good recovery shoe. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm very partial to Nike. Uh, I haven't tried the Saucony, like the Endorphin uh, Pros. I know a lot of people in my circle that I run with, they really like those a lot. And it looks like the the newest version, I think, are the threes. They've mm -hmm. uh, did some did some good uh, revisions to them. Oh yeah, uh, those are a good so, one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I How do you like? Nike, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like the New Balance? I think you had the Fuel Cells once. Yes. So I had the RC Elites, and I really loved those. Uh, they were up there with the Alpha Flies, and and they. I, I don't know. You know, you, you find a shoe, you like it. Next thing you know, they they revise it, and then you've got to go back out there and find another one. But the SCs uh, have a max like stack uh, cushion. Uh, it's good for my long run. Um, my legs still feel fresh, but they have a plate. You just don't run in them. They do have a couple of other like uh, versions of it. I haven't tried those yet. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, I love and, seeing all the new technology coming through. Oh yeah. It's definitely changing the game, making it just kind of easier for people to get out the door. Cause they're not aching in pain because these are, these shoes are just so great. And I think they, it's always fun to see a faster time on your watch on the board when you come through a race and that's what they're doing. So whether or not you think they're, they're good for the sport, I, de I definitely think it makes it easier and gets more people involved in the sport. Uh, two more questions for you. We asked you the, this first one we talked about before and actually hadn't planned on asking you about it, but that Boston hat you're wearing is not for the Boston Red Sox and instead is a <laughs> Boston marathon commemorative uh, hat. So could you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, with COVID, COVID happened, uh, we were, uh, we, some buddies here locally, we went and ran uh, in October uh, and it was playoff season. So um, I didn't really realize it. My first time running Boston was uh, 2019. Uh, so I didn't, you know, wasn't, I'm a Rangers fan, even though, <laughs> You know, they're not the best team still. I'm a Texas guy, so I represent Texas. Um, but yeah, so I didn't realize every Monday on Marathon Monday, the Boston Red Sox, they have a home game and they play midday around, I think it's a noon game or 11 game. It's an early game. Mm -hmm. And they their uniforms are basically in the Boston Marathon colors, uh, the blue and the yellow and uh, their area code there. So um in October, we actually got to go to a game and, and see them uh, clinch the series um, before the World Series. Um, and then I picked up this hat and I thought it was kind of cool. And I was like, hey, it's blue and yellow and it's Boston. And so 
Uh, and the Red Sox, I mean, I like them, just not up against the the, the Rangers. <laughs> yeah, super cool hat. Love the story behind it. Um, and as a big baseball fan, I can uh, definitely say that I would definitely wear it for the same reasons you said. And I'm with you also. I'd rather cheer for the Rangers and the Red Sox. And now that they have Jacob deGrom, things, things might be uh, working in the favor of the Rangers moving forward. Um, Let's hope. Yeah, and one last question for you before I let you go. One cool thing you do for the sauna runners is host Wednesday's runs somewhere new every week, whether it's the Wooden Penguin, which you mentioned, and we even met at Bongo Bows before. It's always somewhere else, and we seem to rotate it often. My personal favorite, though, is Jimbo's Pizza, and that's kind of where my next question is going to segue us. This is going to be the most important question you'll hear all day and really will change the outcome of this interview for some listeners, but I'd like to know your opinion. Does pineapple belong on pizza or not? You know, being a vegetarian, I think pineapple only belongs on a pizza with jalapenos. Pineapple oh. jalapenos are my favorite pizza. Yeah. How about that? I, when I wrote up this question, I, for some reason, I felt like you had gotten pineapple on your pizza before. And that makes a lot of sense. I think you've definitely gotten that at Jimbo's before. And that sounds fantastic as a big spice fan, the combination between sweet and spicy. I would love that. Yeah, my first time uh, in being introduced to it, I just thought it was ridiculous. And, and I, you know, sometimes when you think about it, it, it still is. But after you've had it and you're used to it, yeah, it's really good. Especially Jimbo's, yeah. man. They make some good pizza. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Jimbo's and everywhere else we've mentioned this run. But with that, we're, we're going to move on. James, thank you so much for hopping on the show today. And I, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how the race goes tomorrow. I'm sure uh, you'll pace him to a great 345, excuse me. Yeah, I'm hoping so. It should be good. We'll see how the weather goes. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to have fun. 345 is, is what, what it is. And 344 to 345. And I'm going to have some fun. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Thanks for joining me, James. Yes, sir. Thanks, Ben. I really enjoyed my conversation with James. And sitting here a few days after the fact, I'm happy to inform you all that James paced his 345 group to a 344-45 marathon on Saturday at the BMW Dallas Marathon. So congratulations are in order for him. I'm looking forward to seeing him tomorrow at our Salina Runners Run Club, which will be spent running through neighborhoods checking out Christmas lights. Always looking forward to that run and should be a great time. But I'm especially excited for this final segment of today's show, which features the Texas Track Dad. Before I send you to that conversation, I do want to remind you to check out my Instagram and Twitter pages at Outside the Oval, as well as his, which is Texas Track Dad on the same platforms. A lot of interesting content coming your way from mine and his. Uh, Really looking forward to that. But that's all for me this week. I'll catch you guys next week on Outside the Oval. But for now, please enjoy my conversation with the Texas Track Dad. Here joining me today is a very successful Texas track dad who you might have seen on social media such as Instagram and Twitter or his podcast, which can be found just about anywhere that you listen to your podcast. But it is awesome to have the Texas track dad on the show today. And I really appreciate you joining me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No problem at all. Hey, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. And to get things started, for those of you listening, not familiar with uh, your presence on social media. Could you quickly tell them a little bit about what you do and why you are the Texas track dad? Yeah. Yeah. And I like that you are the Texas track dad. (laughs) So yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm a uh, podcaster. Um, 
Um, I have a pop podcast about track and field. Um, I guess I started out with Elite Texas Track Girls. Um, I pretty much was um, promoting um, young young youth girls athletes in the state of Texas. I started out with that. My daughter, she also runs track. Um, and we'll, we'll get into that more. I know that was on some of the questions how I, how I got started. But, yeah, I started um, – actually, I call it – I was calling it E-T-T-G-Y-A at first, but you know what? That was just too much, you know? So I just cut the youth athletes off the end and went with Elite Texas Track Girls. Um, then shortly I launched um, Texas Track Dad, which pretty much is the same concept, but it's covered worldwide. And then I talk track and field news. Um, also, I interview um Coaches, mentors, authors, athletes, trainers, pretty much anybody got their hand in track and field. I I, I interview them and um yeah, it, it's been going it's been going good. It, if I start to talk too much, just stop me and let me know because I can ramble a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but absolutely. Yeah. yeah, feel free. This is all the times yours. I really appreciate having you on. But I'm sure this next question is one you get often, but it's one I have to ask because I think there's so much potential every time I ask it to someone. But what initially got you into track and field, and in specific, the track and field scene here in Texas? Yeah, so um, like I said, my daughter run. Her name is Leah Johnson. Uh, she's been running since she was five. Uh, so we spent a lot of time at tracks. And, man, I'm telling you, <laughs> wherever J.O.'s is, that's where our vacation is, you know. Um, but anyway, she, uh, she's she been running ever since she was five. Um, but couple of years ago, because I'm going to my second year with my podcast and everything, um, we went to we went down to LSU. Um, she had an indoor meet down there, right? Um, so, of course, it's just athletes from all over Texas, from Louisiana, everywhere. There's top, top athletes everywhere. So, uh, sitting there watching this race, uh, my daughter, she, she was up, probably up next. She had a couple more uh, heats or whatever, but so I'm watching this race. I'm standing on track, and um, it was the 200, right? Then this, um, uh, her name is Teresa Malone. She comes flying around this curve, right? And she just come out like, "Who is that? Who is that? <laughs> right? Who is that?" And she runs with Dragons uh, tra- Track Club, right? So she comes flying around that curve, right? And she kissed like two girls, and she ended up getting first on that. She got gold in that in that 200, right? Oh, wow. So, uh, so I went home, I got home and I was just laying, I was laying down, man. I'm just like, you know, I was on social media, you know, I'm in a lot of track groups and whatnot. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody was talking about it. You know, nobody was talking about it. And I said, you know what? I'm about to talk about it. <laughs> so I Googled, mm-hmm. I picked up my phone, you know, first thing I started podcasting and that anchor FM deal came up. Right. So I downloaded that. And I said, I told myself, I said, hey, you know, if nobody don't listen to this, you know what? I don't care. You know, I, I like talking track and field. If I got to talk to myself, it is what it is. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so that that's pretty much how I got started. And uh, like I say, um, and it just took off from there. I, like I said, I started League Texas Track Girls and took off. Then I branched off where I'm still with it. You know, it's kind of like a, they under the umbrella of Texas Track that now. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a great story. I mean, I think it 
kind of resonates with all of us track and field fans because that's ultimately the, the, the love and the passion that goes along with it. Just it's, it's awesome. I, that's why I love the sport. And I think that's, that's yeah. why so many great stories come from it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. To follow that up, I really appreciate mm-hmm. what you do uh, for the track and field community. You do an excellent job fre- featuring those in the state of Texas who have excelled in one way or another. And uh, moving forward past that, you've been around the sport as a Texas track dad for a little bit now. So I'm assuming you've met some really excellent people, have gotten to experience a lot of wonderful things around the sport. Up until now, what have been some of your favorite experiences as a member of the track and field community in the state of Texas? Uh, just getting getting to know um, Olympians. A lot of times I, I be talking to Olympians, I don't even know they're Olympians. <laughs> they're like, dude, you, do you know who you just talking to? I'm like, no, who was that? They're like, yeah, you need to look him up, you know, because I, I love track and, you know, we just get to talking, you know, and and we just, we you know, we just hit it off, you know, uh, and, you know, I enjoy that part of it. Um, uh, seeing, like, pro athletes uh, like my comments on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, seeing them come in is, man, it, it's, it's just amazing, man, and like I say, just getting out and meeting, you know, the different athletes, because every athlete's different, you know, getting to talk to the parents, you know, because, um, you know, it, track and field, it's a tough sport. It's a tough sport, and um, a lot of athletes, man, it, it, it's mental. Uh, they go through a lot, you know, and and the parents, they, they, they go through stuff too, you know. Uh, but like I say, just getting out, just meeting people and, Man, it's just fun times for me. I, I, I'm just enjoying it, man. I'm just enjoying it. Yeah, absolutely. The the people around this sport truly make it what what it is today, and and that's why I still do what I do because I love meeting the people around it, and it's yeah. clear that that's the reason you like it too. And that's the thing I respect most about your platform, your podcast, and what you stand for is you're that passionate about it, and you love meeting the people around the sport. You truly love what you're doing, and as someone who feels the same way about the the, the sport, I gotta say thank you. Yeah, yeah, but, no problem, no yeah. problem. Having accomplished so much up until this point, what else do you hope to accomplish in the future in regards to being the Texas track dad and having the elite uh, Texas girls account? And where do you hope this branding kind of takes you in the sport? You know, I, I, I've seen that question, and I, and I was thinking I, I want to be known like worldwide type deal. I want to bring exposure to the athletes um, that's international as well. And that's what I've been working on too. Uh, I actually uh, been talking to a couple athletes from Nigeria. Uh, I actually talked to a coach from France uh, today, and I'm going to try to get her on the show. Uh, but kids everywhere need exposure. You know, uh, coaches want to come on. Like I said, my show coaches want to come on. They want to talk about you know what they do. What you know, give their opinion. And plus, I give my I give my opinion, which is sometimes you know it's Texas track dad, so that's why I tell them it's just you know my opinion. Um, but yeah, man, I just you know it's really I don't want it to end, man. I just wanted to keep growing, you know. I just wanted to keep growing, you know. And um, just like when I I was out at Jo's uh, the other day, and I could just you know a couple people probably like, hey, you take you. Well, I was at jail last year, and they were like, hey, you're a Texas track dad? I'm like, yeah, I am Texas track dad. <laughs> you know? So, you know, word word is getting around, you know? Word is getting around, you know? Hey, can I get a picture? I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool, no problem. You know? And like I say, man, you know, 
when I started this, man, it's just, I just doing something I love, man. And wherever it takes me, you know, it, it it's going to take me. I'm cool with it. That's so awesome. That's the most important thing. You got to enjoy what you do. And it's evident that you do. And I'm so happy you've become successful doing so. And that's another thing that I feel like goes hand in hand with your Elite Texas Girls account. Uh, so I'd love to know, what was your inspiration behind creating that? So you mentioned earlier that you started that first. Kind of what was your inspiration behind starting that even before the Texas Track Dad became a thing? Um. My inspiration was behind that was promoting the Texas uh, youth athletes uh, because, as you know, it's a lot of track and field athletes. And um, like I say, I spent I spend a lot of time on social media, um, and it's a lot of athletes that don't get talked about that need to get talked about. You understand? Know you see what I'm saying? Um, because you got the rankings there. Normally, what the top twenty, you're gonna be well, the top 10, you really go hear about. The top 20, you hear about now and then. But what about those athletes that's coming up? You know, what about that athlete that had a good race? Nobody nobody knew about it, you know? Um, that's why I created Elite Texas Track Girls, to, to get them out there, to get them out there, to get them exposure, to get them noticed on social media by coaches. And it's working, by the way. <laughs> Oh, yeah. uh, and because they deserve it, man. They they deserve. It. They work hard. They work hard, and and they like the positivity, of, you know, behind what I do. The parents do, you know. And it's man, I, I just want everybody to be successful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love hearing that as as an athlete who growing up, I mean, I loved the sports media. I always wanted to be a journalist and I wasn't the best runner, but I always was like, wow, it'd be really cool if someone was talking about me. So for for someone to be doing that right now, is just really a beautiful thing. And again, I, I thank you for doing that. But moving on, of course, this wouldn't be outside the oval without a few questions that pertain to a little something that takes place away from the track. So my first question to you um, might be a little bit surprised since the focus on this podcast and what we've been talking about the entire time has been Texas track and field or just track and field in general. But if I told you, you could no longer host the Texas track dad podcast, you could no longer be involved in the sport of track and field entirely. What do you think you would choose to do and why? Man, that's a tough one, man. That's, that's, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one. Cause all my family, we are all, that's all we do like 95% of the time. That's what we mm -hmm. do. Uh, but, but let's see with that said. So you asked, what would I do in my spare time to keep myself busy or, uh, yeah, yes, sir. Oh man. I don't know. I'll be so bored, man. I'll be so <laughs> bored. I don't know. I, I, hmm. Man, I don't know, man. If I can't do it, I, I guess I'll be going to track me stuff <laughs> every weekend and the show will be live. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I, 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 I have to start something. I, I'll, I'll go out to some track meets and, hey, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to come take the track dad some other way. <laughs> I love that though. I mean, at the end of the day, if you love it that much and you are putting this much work into it, you've got, you've got to love it. I mean, and that's great to hear. And I think that just shows how dedicated you are to your craft. And I, again, I really love to hear that. 
And having moved to Texas from Ohio in 2019, I've not been in Texas that long, but before I moved here, there were two things I knew I was going to love, two things I associated with the state of Texas above all else. Now, of course, I associated Texas with running for much of my career here. Um, uh-huh. But again, we're taking things outside the oval. So I knew the stereotypical things such as the heat. I knew it was going to be yeah. hot. I knew the cowboy hats and the cowboy boots. The Dallas Cowboys were going to be big, and the barbecue was fantastic. And I love the barbecue here, by the way. (laughs) But for whatever reason, the two things I first associated with Texas outside of running in the barbecue, and the first one of these might be a bit controversial, was Whataburger and In-N-Out Burger. But I do want your opinion on this. If I told you I'd pay for a meal of your choosing, (laughs) but it had to be either Whataburger or In-N-Out, Two of my personal favorites. What would you order? Where would you go, and why? It's going. So I have to choose between Whataburger and In and Out. Yeah, and what would oh, you get you, from that place? You, you know where I'm going with this, right? It's going to be Whataburger, hunt Whataburger, Whataburger. I. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be. You know, In and Out. Uh, so when they first came down to Texas, you know, I tried it. I, I did cheat on Whataburger a little bit. And I caught a Whataburger. I know it's Whataburger. But I did cheat. I did cheat and go to in and out a couple of times, you know, but it's not the same. It's a California burger. It's not a Texas burger. <laughs> yep. Those Whataburger all, all the way. All I'm the with way. you. I'm with you. I had a guest uh, previously today talking about that. I asked him the same question because I, even though Whataburger is, is it's the Texas chain for what it's worth, but in and out, I still always, always associated with Texas and I know people love in and out. So I asked them the question. They're a big fan of in and out, but personally I'm on team Whataburger. I'm with you on that, that burger. You cannot beat it. The fries are great. And I'm a sucker for soda. The few times I drank it and they give you a big 32 ounce soda. So I'm taking Whataburger every day in the week and twice on Saturdays. Yeah. And then yeah, in and out, in and out burger, the whole ask me if I want to eat in my car thing. I, I don't know, man. That's a California thing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You're absolutely right. That's definitely a California thing. I mean, I went there one time. It was all over the place. Rightfully so. I like in and out, but I'm definitely a Whataburger guy. Definitely would nice, rather spend nice, my nice. money there. And as I've mentioned before, I've followed your show for a while now. I know some of the questions you like to ask the athletes you have on. I have a feeling you know where I'm getting at. So I'll come out right out and say it. No, 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 hold on, hold on. Wait, wait a minute. (laughs) Because I'm about to ask you that. I know what you're about to ask me. All right, I'll let you go ahead. (laughs) My question to you is, are you faster than Texas track that? Now, let me... I'll take the, I'm a distance guy, so I'm almost subjectively say I think I could get you in a 5K. But when we go to the sprints, I'm going to be honest, I don't know. <laughs> sprints have definitely not been my thing growing up. But I figured you, you would enjoy that one. Yeah, you, you could definitely get – yeah, you could get me in a 5K because, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not good at that. You probably you, – you give me the sprints too, man. I'm not, I'm not passing. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I figured you would appreciate that question, though. I, I, that's probably my favorite question you do ask. Yeah. I, I saw a few Instagram clips. I've heard it in a yeah. few of your podcasts. Uh, but the last question I do want to ask uh-huh. you today, we, this yeah. one was unscripted, uh, but since uh-huh. we did have the conversation before, I do want to ask, as a Dallas Cowboy fan, how do you think the rest of the season is going to go, and what would you like to see the Dallas Cowboys do next offseason if they don't win the Super Bowl this year? Um. Well, next offseason, I'm asking that first. I want to see them. I know we weren't able to pick up um, OBJ because he had that injury. I 
after the physical. Um, we're, we're not going to sign him this year. But that said, if he works hard and I don't know, he might sign with the Giants. I don't know. But if he's still available next year, I think we need to go ahead and try to bring him in for sure. Uh, but for as this year, my this is the only thing I want this year. The only thing. Get past the first round of playoffs. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I, I'm not hollering Super Bowl. I'm not doing it. I just want us to get past that first round. I think we'll be good. I think we'll be all right. Yeah, I definitely think the Dallas Cowboys are on a good trajectory. I think once you can get off that Ezekiel Elliott contract, I think things will go a lot smoother. I definitely agree. I think if you can add a receiver alongside C.D. Lamb, you have a quarterback already in Dak Prescott, and it's coming from a Commanders fan who hasn't had quarterback stability almost my entire life. Commanders. Uh, <laughs> I could definitely uh, appreciate a good quarterback in Dak Prescott. And I do think the Dallas Cowboys – Maybe maybe in a few years, but I do think their time is coming. I lo- I'm a big fan of Kellen Moore as well. Um, as a Commanders fan, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm cheering for the Cowboys. My dad downstairs might <laughs> might have a heart attack if I told come him that. On, but, man, come on. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's always nice seeing the NFC East having the season they're having. It's always, I'm really excited for the next game we have yeah. in Washington against the Cowboys. Yeah. But with that, it's been ha- my absolute pleasure having the Texas Track Dad on the show today. Appreciate you coming on and telling my viewers a little bit about your show and what you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. No problem. Um, yeah, guys, uh, y'all can follow me on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, just put in Texas Track Dad and it'll get you there. And uh, can I give a shout out real quick? Some shout outs? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Floor's yours. Yeah, yeah. I just want to give a shout out to everybody um, who supported me from from day one and who has continued to support me, um, who shares my contact content, like my content, uh, chime in, ask me questions. Man, you guys are great. Um, I know when I first started a YouTube page and uh, my YouTube channel and I hit that subscribe button, I was the only subscriber. I was like, (laughs) there's no way I would be able to do this but now my page is uh coming up on 1500 subscribers uh we got over probably got 500,000 views right now on my youtube channel uh which is really doing well on my facebook but but like i say i just i'm just thankful because i have met some great people uh some very great people and they continue to support you know what i do and you too i thank you Thank you for the invite and thank you for bringing me on. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm speaking from everyone, everyone in Texas, everyone who likes your content. Thank you for what you do. Uh, The sport would not be what it is without you and everyone else out there who does what you do. Uh, So from the bottom of my heart, thank you uh, for what you do. Thank you for coming on today. And I had a great time talking and getting to know you. Hey, not a problem. We're going to have to get together um, when he's, when outdoors start up, we're going to have to come on here and talk some track. You know, oh, yeah. we're we going to have to do it. We're going to have to do it. Oh, yeah, right. absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Track season's on the way. It's so close, and uh, I'm looking forward to next time. <laughs>